the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. My name is Simon. I'm one of the leaders uh, here at Belmont. I'm going to be speaking for a few moments' time now. Then we're going to be singing our final song and coming to the close of our service this morning. Now, each week at uh, Belmont, we read and we teach the Bible. And we have today the last words of Jesus. Perhaps you can see those uh, up on screen at the moment. And it's here that we find the basis for all that we've doing, all that we've been doing this morning in baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, what a joy and a celebration it's been to be with Megan, Sandy and Corey on their special day. And if all of that leaves you considering baptism for yourself, I've got a book that I'd love to give you. Come and grab a copy afterwards. And if you can say to me, Simon, I will definitely read this, then it's yours. I've got a stack of these near me down at the front. We'll next be baptising here at Belmont on Sunday, the 1st of May. So you might want to keep that date in mind. Now, children, I'm expecting to hear some great stories. I'm expecting to hear some great stories of your reenactments of what's happened this morning during bath time, during the week. Now, in our house, we have baptised many a bath toy, uh, rubber ducks, Pirates, crocodiles, and even the odd train, which is a bit peculiar. Now, let me know how you get on during the week. Uh, Perhaps see, children, if you can remember some of the words and the questions that we ask each other when when we get baptised. Now, we're going to take a look at Jesus' last words. These are words spoken by Jesus and penned by Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples. It all takes place after the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This is the last page of Matthew's Gospel. Don't worry if you don't have a Bible this morning. The words are going to appear on the screen in front of you. Let's read together. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. They're 11 and not 12. Judas has betrayed Jesus. Can you remember that in the story? This in turn leads to Jesus' crucifixion, death and burial. And those 11 disciples never expected to see Jesus in the face ever again. Now, the crucified Risen Jesus stands in front of them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. The Bible's really, really clear. Worship is something that belongs to God alone, no one else. So when the disciples worship Jesus, they're saying, Jesus is God. Yet some, in their heart of hearts, still doubted. Some were uncertain. Some were wavering. Perhaps that even included Matthew himself, who wrote the gospel. Well, Jesus says the following words to worshipper and doubter alike. He says, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to the Lord Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. Now in a moment, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He's going to be up here in just a a few moments' time. This morning, we've been able to celebrate in prayer and song, and it's been loud and fun and a joyous celebration. Yet this isn't always possible. Al is going to teach us what getting baptised might look like in a country where following Jesus can be very, very tricky. So if I take you to Central Asia, I'm afraid there'll be no clapping, there'll be no singing, there'll be no cheering. In fact, everything is very, very different because the church is meeting illegally. That's an unregistered church. The believers are meeting in fear of the authorities and baptisms take place. There aren't many believers, but when they take place, They take place often in a bath, in a bathroom, in an apartment block, with as many people crowded into the bathroom as you can get, without making any noise, because you don't want to disturb the neighbours. And they're very simply in a bath, without any singing, without any cheering, but worshipping and praising God in their hearts and in their souls. People are born again and declared and, and declaring that um, to everyone around them. You see, in Central Asia, to be Muslim is to be Uzbek, to be Uzbek is to be Muslim. And so if you put your faith in Jesus and get baptised to show that, it's like you're denying your nationality. And this is an honour-shame culture. And in Central Asia... If you get baptised, you bring shame on your family. And so baptism is a huge, huge step. Let me just tell you about a lady called M. I can't give you her real name. She went home after putting her faith in Jesus. And she said to her parents, I've become a follower of Jesus. Everything went very quiet. A little bit later, people said, where's dad? Dad was in the back garden. He was digging a hole six foot long and six foot deep. Because the only way that they could restore the honour of the family was to actually kill their daughter and bury her. She escaped and she with her husband is leading a house church in a country that I can't name this morning. So this morning, what a joy it's been to share this service with you. And it's great that you've got the freedom, we've got the freedom to enjoy it and to worship God as we've done that. But in some countries of the world, it's very, very different. Remember those countries, but also thank God for the freedom that you have. Thank you, Al. We're worshipping the Lord Jesus. Yes, yes. Thank you, Al. That just brings... A real element of 
soberness and seriousness to all that we are doing this morning. Worshipping the Lord Jesus can be risky. It can be costly, both here and afar. Yet despite the risks, despite the cost, Jesus is worthy of our worship and our commitment in baptism. Do make Al and his wife Jill feel welcome. They're with us uh, this weekend. They're going to be leading us in underground church, which is happening tonight and through the week. This is a, a session designed to give us a glimpse into some of the realities that Al has just spoken of. The realities of a tough life following Jesus in situations that are much trickier than our own. I've still got spaces on this, and I would really encourage you to sign up and join in. It's so vital for us to have this global perspective and to have empathy and solidarity with our brothers and sisters around the world. We're going to be meeting for Underground Church in front of the Jury's Inn Hotel, which is next to Belmont. There you'll receive instructions about how to access the secret location for our meeting. That's going to be today at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. and through the week at Monday, 7.30 p.m. and Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. so that you needn't miss out on your home group. Please sign up in the concourse today or online via church suite. Now, if you'd be interested in seeing up close some of those unregistered churches, meeting folk working for Jesus in those tricky places, and experiencing some of the nations Al has spoken of. We'd like to see whether there's sufficient interest and appetite for a trip to one of the star nations in autumn 2022. If that might be for you, do make yourself known to myself or Al. We'd love to invite you to a little meeting we'll have later in the week. Now, Megan, Sandy, Corey... What a joy it's been to be with you. We just sang Sandy's song, and here's some lyrics from it. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Those are lyrics all about, all about Jesus. All of those lyrics are about Jesus. Jesus is the one without rival. He's the one without equal. He is the God who reigns forever. All authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to him. Megan, Sandy, and Corey, it's been wonderful to get a glimpse into your stories. Johnny's absolutely right. I'm completely redundant. You've said it all, and so wonderfully too. It's great to get a glimpse into your stories. And if this is true, if what's on screen is true, this allows you, this allows you to see where your story fits in the big story. If what's on screen is true, then this is the antidote to that rampant individualism that's out there in our culture. This allows you to see where you fit in the big story. Your stories, the ones you've told this morning, they culminate in a big yes to the Lord Jesus that we celebrate in the pool. They fit and they find their place as ordinary people like you and me become disciples of Jesus and in turn go and make disciples. This story gladly crosses borders and boundaries and it's all under the authorship and the authority of the Lord Jesus. The late Eugene Peterson put it like this, God is the larger context and the plot in which our stories find themselves. <laughs> 